So no pressure. Okay. In that there's literally no pressure. Just do it until you get a good read. <laughs> okay. And then we'll fix it. Competition. Saturday, I competed in my first BJJ event, despite having a terrible, emotionally and physically draining week prior. Circumstances were not ideal, and I didn't get a single practice in the week before, but I committed. Enough said on that, though. This long-form post is about the competition. 12.30 p.m. Arrive and weigh in. Lou is with me, playing the role of trophy dad. 1.30 p.m. Proposed start of ladies' divisions. There is no schedule for when they will actually start, and no bracket information for my particular division, which is 115 pounds, white belt, submission only, in gi. 2 p.m. My coach Jim Andrews arrives. I set up a mat in the corner of the gymnasium to warm up for my match that is still at some undisclosed time. 3 p.m. There are still kids competing, who are fun to watch, but should have been wrapped up by this time. This whole time I've been sizing up the room and can't really spot who my competition will be. I do note a really intense-looking girl making laps around the gym with headphones on periodically, but she, like most of the girls waiting around the gym, looks more like a teen than a lady. 3.30 p.m. I start getting worried that I won't have an opponent and I'm waiting around for nothing. Until this point, I thought that I would have had more jitters, but because I was never given a start time or any opponents, I wasn't really able to generate any anticipation. I continue to warm up and drill on my mat. 4 p.m. Jim finally talks to Leo, the event coordinator, and confirms that I have two other opponents in my division. Lou, Jim, and I continue to scout the room for potential competition while working on some drills. Still no nerves. 4.15 p.m. My bracket is given to the refs. One of my competitors is a lady named Laura from a fellow ATT affiliate in Coral Gables. We strike up a conversation. She is lanky like me and probably close in age, but definitely has some competition experience. Laura then points out our other fellow competitor. It's the intense-looking teenager with the headphones from earlier. She is wearing some orange and white creamsicle-colored belt now that I don't understand. A quick internet phone search arms me with the information that she is probably under 16 and has probably been doing this longer than I have. 4.30 p.m. It's showtime. They call my name, and I now have to jump from neutral to overdrive on a moment's notice to start this role with none other than the intense teenager. She is shorter than me in every bit of 115 pounds. First match, round one. As I stumble to grab for hand grips, remember I haven't rolled in a week up to this point, she jumps guard and hangs on with a death grip. I struggle to break free from an armbar but hesitate at one point during the defense and she taps me right around a minute 47 into the first round. I am exhausted and disoriented at this point and start to have the realization that she is that girl, meaning she is the plucky blonde that has been groomed specifically for this exact competition situation. I, on the other hand, have never been that girl, and that certainly was not going to change now. Round two. I make it to the second round, but again, she gets under me with her shorter stature, strategically pulls guard again, and holds me down with a death grip. She is breathing very heavy and does not look like she is having much fun while she tries to hold me down, 
so I relish in this small victory and spend the rest of the match digging my fist into her sternum and pressing my forearm against her face in an attempt to posture up. The round ends. She takes the win, having got the first round armbar, and I am exhausted. I have five minutes to recover now until I have to fight my new friend Laura. Second match, round one. Laura and I are much better matched, and thinking back, I really wish I could have stepped in with her first. We grip fight, I get the takedown, but land in a crap position in her guard with my arms all over the place. Because she is more experienced in this arena, she immediately goes for her submissions. I am exhausted, but I'm still able to wiggle and shrimp out of most of the danger. Round two. I am almost all but spent. She tries a guillotine, but I break out of it with another successful single leg takedown. The rest of the round is similar to the first. I struggle to get out of the submission she throws on me, but by the last few seconds of the round, I am so gassed I tap from a triangle that I no longer have the energy to defend. She wins. Barely able to stand up, my corner takes me to my mat to sit down. I feel like jello. Five minutes later, I watch Laura and that girl compete for first place, and the match goes down with a similar strategy. She pulls guard, and Laura spends the next two rounds fighting out of her armbars and triangles. My corner tells me how proud they are of me, and I'm proud of myself too. But moving forward, I can't help but think, could I ever be good enough to beat that girl? Because I know if I ever do this again, she will be there in some form. She was at every dance competition I did as a preteen, and I never beat her then. But this is a new sport. I can work on my cardio so I don't get so tired. I can drill my armbar defense so that I don't hesitate in these situations. I can work my grip fighting and takedowns, though I don't have any small, compact training partners to do this with. And that girl is always small and compact with a low center of gravity. I can also work on my killer instinct now that I have a feel for how much more aggressive rolling in competition is versus rolling in class. But would that be enough to beat that girl? Maybe not. By the time I improve all those aspects of my game, she will probably be some Neapolitan with sprinkles color belt and have another 10 winning tournaments under it. I, on the other hand, may just have to settle for improving myself enough to give her a really bad day when I try my hand at one of these competitions again. Regardless of future outcomes, I'm glad that I did it. This is the Machination Log for June 22nd, 2016. This is David Paddock. To my left, we've got Nicole Paddock. Hello. To my right, we've got Lou Wiedemann. Hello. Nicole. Yes. You fought in some BJJ action. I did. You will probably, listeners, either now hear her give a account of that in written form, in narrated form, or I put it at the beginning. I probably will. I'll probably just leave it at the front. That seems okay. like an appropriate way to start the podcast. Um, Nicole, how has competition been a scourge in your life up to this point? Well, I, for one, have never been much of a winner of competitions. Uh -oh. I. I would dare to say I didn't really understand competition like as a thing until probably my mid-20s, maybe after I first started to watch tennis and kind of see the sports structure. But um, despite like knowing that I'm smarter and, you know, 
good enough and damn people like me enough to maybe win things sometimes. I never really quite got what it took to win at competitions. And I still, I still feel that way to a certain extent. It's, it's, it's never been like something that's been very kind to me. And a lot through most of my life, I avoided it, which is why it kind of took this head on just to kind of throw myself out there and see if I could do it without falling apart. The one element of that story that stuck out to me the first and every subsequent time is you refer to the girl as that girl, as if there's an archetype in your head from your past that this person just sort of fits into. Yeah, well, when I was younger, I I didn't compete in sports, but I did dance. And in dance, I mean, some of it, it, it is very competitive, though I didn't understand how I worked into that at the time. I just got mad at the competition aspect. Um, But in dance, there is always the one girl who's got the real low center of gravity. She smiles a lot and she is the favorite. So she wins everything because all of the coaches and all of the dance school and everything works together to make sure that that girl wins. And I was never that girl. I was always the background dancer that just had to blend in with everyone else so that that girl could shine. And that was my competition experience going into this. And it was kind of, it was like being 12 years old again, because I walk into this thing. I'm now a 35 year old woman. You know, I walk into this thing and I'm like, God damn, it's the the plucky, low center of gravity girl that like gets all the attention to just master these particular events like that's who i'm still fighting at these competitions (laughs) but now that i'm doing bjj there is a certain aspect where like i did say in the article too you know i could get good enough to make that girl have a really bad day which in dance you can't really do that. I mean, I said some horrible things. You to, don't get to arm lock. The yeah, exactly. Dancers. Like in dance, in dance, I would get verbally aggressive. And depending on which side of of the, uh, you know, like which side of the line you were on, whether you were like the favorite or the backup dancers like I was, you know, the backup dancers always supported me when I got very verbally abusive to the chosen ones in the studios. But you couldn't, you couldn't physically take it out on them. And <laughs> now... I'm like, even though it does suck because it's the same archetype, I'm like running into the same archetype as in my previous life. I was like, but I couldn't make their life physically miserable. And I do have that option now, now that I've chosen a more aggressive sport. Lou, do you condone this behavior? (laughs) I absolutely condone the behavior. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, you know, one of the aspects to all of this is you have to put your mindset to, to, to a level where you're willing to physically harm someone else. Now, it, it's easier said than done. Sure. Because y- you don't actually realize how much effort you expend trying to simply hold on to someone or hold them down or get out of their grip. And when they have a death grip on you, you know, and this isn't just horseplay. It, 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 these are the things that, you know... Uh, Nicole's coach Jim was telling her too and you know Nicole doesn't really think like this but this is why a lot of professional fighters can sometimes be very callous or or, or cold or you know they put themselves into this killer mentality and and we say that like it's a cliche 
You know, you have to be a killer in there, and, and every fighter has got to be a killer. But it's not much abstraction going on there. No, no, not at all. And and in this sport, you know, y- you can kill someone. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can choke them out a little bit too long. I mean, it it doesn't really happen because it takes a little bit longer. You have to really try. But it, if you have the position and don't let go, that person will die. There you is know? plenty of opportunity to injure. That girl would have broke my arm if I hadn't tapped. I yeah. mean. Yeah. By the way, I don't know that you you mention it in any detail. Was did she seem like a nice person? She seemed like a typical. So there's a rule. So no, <laughs> no. She she was fine. She was very polite. She she okay. was she was cordial to the to to the extent that you're. But you're she expected. knew that she was there to fucking win, and that that's right, and that we were just people for her to step over. Like there's okay. there's a clear delineation there. Like she she knows that she's the the. Yeah, and there's she's also, the one bred for this, and 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 it's what I found interesting about all of this because this is our first, you know, uh, uh, competition that we uh, Nicole participated in, and I was helping her participate in. So I say we, like, because we did it together. No, it's We've, it's even though it's an individual sport, it's definitely a team effort. Yes, and and you know we've been to them before as spectators. But we didn't really take it in seriously as a uh, gauging what the environment is like and what to expect if you are a participant in this. Um, so this is the first one that we, we were ever a part of, and you know, there's a level of etiquette. There's uh, they're they're all the same. All these competitions, you know, if it's this competition, a dance competition, or whatever. To to her point is that there's always that one person that. No matter what, you can't get over that hump because that's what they're there for. That's what they live for is they live to be able to conquer that specific scenario in this competition world. Being number one. Yeah, well, they're the ones that, you know, bring the Beats headphones and jog around to stay warm while everyone else is just kind of sitting around waiting for their name to be called. They're the ones that bring the coolers and the power bars and everything else they need. And they have their entire team from their gym there. And they all, you know, they're, they're very... And some gyms focus specifically on sport uh, competition and sport jujitsu. And some of them only, you know, focus on the self-defense aspects or, or, or non-sport jujitsu, which is just rolling around having fun. What do you guys think the split is in the gym you're part of? We're not competition-oriented at all. Like, okay. I, it's basically, you know, you're kind of on your own. If you want to do a competition, that is cool, but there's no pressure for it. It's definitely encouraged. I'll say that, but it's I mean, not it, something that's a focus. It seems weird that it wouldn't be given that the gym you guys go to, which I don't know if you want to plug here yes, on the podcast. ATT Orlando is where I do my BJJ. I mean, yes. you guys have a cage in the building. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, it's an MMA cage in there and you know, this is all on rolling mats. The jiu-jitsu is very it's one aspect of the MMA, it's just the rolling and the grappling and and so that's still done on mats just like, you know, like you did when you went there that one time. Yeah. And um you know, I would say that I've never I, I've always seen them encourage people to to compete. As soon as you mention that, I, might, I think I might compete. Their eyes light up. They glow. <laughs> they they want to help you. They want to be there for you because then they realize that you're starting to take it a little bit more serious than not. Oh, absolutely. Well, y- you suddenly have real tests if That's you right. start competing. That's right. You're not just coming into the gym and rolling. Like Nicole can go to the gym, and, and I've seen her because I go with her sometimes, and it's it, she rolls four or five rounds at five minutes each or three minutes each, or, and she she's – you know, breathing a little bit heavy, but it's not like taking it out of her. And the next day she wakes up and she's just fine and she can probably do it the next day. 
But you know, she did two rounds in true competition against a fourteen-year-old girl, and I am still recovering. We're still about recovering. three days after, <laughs> and I'm just barely moving these days. But for what it's worth, I assume that at least part of it. I mean, I've Lou alluded to it. I went uh, did a couple of trial sessions over at ATT myself. I haven't uh, I haven't quite caught the bug yet. I don't know that I ever will. But um, I listen to enough podcasts with people that roll. I feel like I'm going <laughs> to accidentally just fall into the orbit of it. But in any case, Nicole, it, the clientele of a standard jujitsu gym don't look like you. No. So they don't. Was getting into competition, I imagine at least some hook was to fight someone that looked at least slightly more like you. I was interested in seeing what it would be like to roll with somebody that's my weight. Um, you know, I'd say, I'd say, you know, there are like five women at the gym, but still, I'd say I'm probably the only girl in class 75% of the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Usually, usually four yeah, usually about four of those five women are all just at the Wednesday morning class, and then I'm on my own on, on Thursday nights and Saturday mornings. Yeah, Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm have done a lot for the image of MMA. <laughs> they have not quite made it an egalitarian sport on the gender side, it doesn't seem like. No, this is not, you know, this is about as physical, like, it's about as physical of an activity as you can engage in recreationally. And, and aggressive. Yes, and it is... You know, even though they want to, they want to make you believe that this is, you know, this is a self-defense method that everybody can learn, and it's good for. It's not a sport for everybody. <laughs> it really isn't. I as much as they really want you to believe that, it's not. You have to be pretty tough. I mean, even me, like within the gym, I have a little bit of a reputation because, like, my coach Jim Andrews, he won't roll with any of the other women at the gym, but he will roll with me, even though I'm probably the lightest of them, but I'm the only one that's tough enough to not start crying and bitching if he gets me in something. That sounds like throwing shade, but uh, I'll <laughs> leave that to the side. No, I mean, this is, it, it there, there are, you know, for when you, when you own a gym, you want to be obviously accommodating and and well, everyone learns at their diff at a different pace and oh, everyone, yeah, everyone has a different different level of physical physicality that they can embrace and engage in you know uh me I, I i'm pretty much injured so i go in there as this injured fawn and i'm basically a body bag for nicole to practice on and then <laughs> i try i drill a little bit myself i'll roll a round or two but as soon as I start feeling my body like, okay, you're overexerting yourself. Not that I don't want the exercise because I love the exercise. I just know that, you know, tomorrow I'll wake up with a migraine because my, my herniated disc is flared up now or right. something like that. So I, I've, I've had to come to terms with how much I can do. And, and, you know, I think Jim is one of those coaches that is a man that doesn't understand his own strength. <laughs> and that happens that actually happens a lot in yeah. this arena i mean you get these old wrestler kids and they think they're going easy with you but they're going easy is pretty intense it's, it's pretty intense for a beginner especially yeah you know? my, so my favorite quote when talking about this form of proportionality comes from uh jocko willink he's pretty his, intense um to quote him in one of his earlier podcasts in this was said with it, no irony or jest i mean there are people that can't even do a hundred pull-ups. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. 
I think I, I, I see I can, your vote. I can attest that I am one of them. You're, you're correct, Jocko. That is in fact the case. Some people can't <laughs> even do a hundred pull-ups. <laughs> I stop at about three. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But you know, it's it's one of those. It's okay. So f- to to clarify a little bit or to add to what Nicole was saying, that it isn't for everyone on a recreational basis. But once you get some of the fun- fundamentals down from a self defense perspective, I think it could benefit the majority of people who are willing to understand what they might get themselves into. You know, a, a woman especially, nowadays, you know, there's always so much uh, uh, focus on self-defense and making sure you walk in groups and et cetera, et cetera. You know, if, if a woman is attacked, you know, it, it wouldn't take much for them to subdue their attacker with jujitsu, And that's what does make it pretty cool. It's know? a hell of an equalizer. Yeah, and you don't have to go in knowing it recreationally because at the end of the day, the recreational aspect is so that you can endure and you can endure it for longer periods of time. And, and it's just like anything else. If you leisurely hike uh, or, or, you know, ride your mountain bike on a mountain, you know, you want to do that so that you more and more so that you can build up the stamina to do it, you know, longer yeah. so that I can enjoy my time longer. So someone who needs to subdue one person in what would probably take 15, 20 seconds, you know, they might expend a lot of energy. They might be totally going all at it 100% to try to get this attacker off of them or what, or choke them out or what have you. But all they need to know are those moves. They yeah. don't need to be able to last five-minute rounds for all day long. You know what I yeah. mean? So it, it, there's different levels to it. Well, and that's one of those things, you know, like I said, it's not for everybody. But if you can hack it, it is a really cool activity. Like, ev- I I've been doing it for about a year and a half, and I still, without fail, every time I walk out of that gym after a class, I'm like, God damn, I cannot believe I do this as a hobby. <laughs> this seems ridiculous. Has this finally got you to kick your hankering to go back to ballet? Um, see, ballet, as much as, as I'm built for ballet to a certain extent, I never fit in with the ballet culturally. Like, I do miss dancing to a certain extent, but I I just don't... Culturally, I just was never a good match for for dancing. And dancing's also a labor of love that I just don't have. Do you need punk ballet? No. No, I don't think that's it. I you uh. know, dancing dancing is a young person's game and um I just wasn't like dumb and blend I didn't blend in enough to really hack it in that environment. If even I, though even though physically I, I I look really good doing the doing ballet. I hip hop tap. I don't have the low center of gravity and God help me those people are always better at quick twitch activities. <laughs> but um you know physically I do I do look very pretty doing ballet, but it was never a good cultural match for me. And I didn't understand this while I was doing it, but it made a lot more sense once I realized that Step after back the a fact. Bit. Yeah. I think it has to do with you growing up too. Yeah. You know? I mean, you grow up and you change your, your priorities or I think what this was about more about was keeping yourself physically active. I think that's what, what this became. It, it may have not been conscious. Like you were thinking no, to yourself, part, this wh- is why I'm going to be more physically active. But I think that because of your ballet history, your body was really just calling for you to do something more with it. And you have that body. Well, and that's, that's actually a lot of what it was, was basically like, while I still am physically able to do 
this kind of stuff, uh, I'd like to be able to still do it. Um, Give it a shot at yeah. least. I mean, if this was around when I was a kid, I would hope that I would have started it at five, six years old. Oh, that, sure. That's, that's me. You know what I mean? I really do wish I, I was something that, because, you know, I'm here I am almost 40 and I still have aches and pains, but I really don't. I don't have all these like, you know, stories to come yeah, back with. You don't with have it. the history to back it That's up. That's right. You yeah. know, so it's like if I was going to end up in this spot anyway, yeah. I might as well would have beat the shit out of myself like Oh, well the- that's that's I was part of uh what Shitoru was the name of the um the karate that I ended up practicing. It wasn't a jiu-jitsu gym and it would have been pretty awesome if it was because I would maybe remember more than 2% of well, what you I did, had learned. You did mostly like dance moves. You did like katas and yeah, stuff, Yeah, exactly. Right? It, yeah. Was, it was very much a martial art. Yeah. <laughs> and jiu-jitsu came into the world to prove everyone that, okay, yeah, was, this is all dance. Yeah, UFC, and, I was, I'm not that old, but I was apparently old enough that it uh, it had not, what? What year were you 89. Born? Okay, so it UFC was, only it, came out five when you were five years old. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely around. It's just, it had not made its inroads the way that it has it now. It hadn't I mean, reached the suburbs yet. Yeah, there's there's a BJJ gym down the street. There's one where you guys live. They're all over the place. Now, now. they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, are. yeah, yeah. It's getting oh, huge. Oh, and man, at that competition, it was 98% kids. Watching like five-year-olds roll is the most amazing thing ever. It's I can't. Yeah, it's I, unbelievable. That, that seems quite. That seems like quite the thing when you have basically no mass to worry about. Yeah, and you're flexible and agile. Yeah, and you, <laughs> and, and you can just bounce. Yeah, you know what I mean. You fall and you just bounce. You don't break bones. And what's you funny, only have twenty pounds to drop, not one hundred eighty-five. Yeah. And what's funny is is because they match the boys and the girls up because you know before the age of twelve, there's not really Makes that no much difference. difference. Yeah. And uh, man, those girls are aggressive. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. It, you know, I love and the soccer dads do not like when the the aggressive girls beat their children. I love watch, <laughs> I love watching children do sports in general, jujitsu especially. And there's one kid in, in the gym. Uh, I don't know, maybe he's 12, 13 years old, maybe a little older, fourteen. He's like preteen. Yeah, something around there. And he um and he absolutely murders me if I let him. Like I can I can obviously like muscle him around because sure. he's physically smaller than me. But I don't think that's really cool to do. Like, you know, um, sometimes if he's really hurting me, then I'll muscle a lot of stuff. But, you know, he's he he's super awesome. I, I actually like rolling with him because he shows me new things that and he doesn't intentionally show them to me. But I just catch on what he's doing to me. I can go, oh, shit, I can. Wow, that's pretty cool. And he's just this kid, you know, and he's fucking awesome at it. And and I'm like, I just wish I was at that level. But at the same time, I really enjoy it now as an adult seeing wow, that kid's going to be amazing when he's 25. You know, he's going to be a, a world champ one day. You've you've fully assumed your guru status in this, <laughs> well, in this community. They, well, that's the thing with Lou is, you know, he probably understands jujitsu even better than I do, but he has none of the physical attributes to be able to do it. That's right. And on that note, Lou. Yes. From a play-by-play detached perspective, how good was Nicole's game? She was good. She was good. She she held her own. She was. Um, you know, fight the, companion for Nicole's tournament. <laughs> we talked about this in in, in uh, right afterwards. You know, and, and I'm not like brutally honest to the point where it's it's it hurts. But you know, there there are things you need to be honest with yourself about. Now, this was her first competition ever. I'm right. not well versed in jujitsu competitions, but. I, I've, I've watched about a million of them and, you know, I, I've seen a lot of layers and levels to it. And I, I thought that, you know, if, if we want to be very 
uh, analytical about it. You know, oh, do we? Okay. Well, you know, she started off a little sloppy on the takedown, and and that's to be expected because it, it's not something that we really focus on in the school right now. True. You know, so so there was that aspect to it, and she had a plan. And, and the only problem with it was, was, is that when she attacked the, 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 that girl, quote unquote, <laughs> beat me to my plan. She beat her to the plan. She did the exact same thing, but just a second earlier. And Aww. because she's got the low center of gravity it and works. she's shorter, she can get right under me, which is way more difficult for me to do to her. Yes. Sure. So, you know, and then on t- uh, after that, it was, so when she pulled guard that way, she, uh, she held, she held on really tight. And Nicole was just trying to break free from her guard. She was doing everything very technical. She was, uh, you know, most of the, the the steps that she was taking were what she was thinking she should do in those moments. You know, she was listening to the coaches on the sidelines, yelling at her, telling her what to do. Um, and how useful is that in the moment, by the way? Um, I think as if I do more of these, it will become more useful as you get used to hearing people scream at you. It went in and out. Like sometimes it was just like noise. And then sometimes I like, you know, I'd hear feel someone's like hand going across my neck and I'd hear Jim in the corner. She's going for the Ezekiel block it, block it. And, you know, I'd go and like rip the girl's hand across, you know, so it. It it does it does actually help with with certain things. It as seems long like as adrenaline would make that impossible, in. but I guess like I said, it goes in and out because you do get a bit. The adrenaline dump thing is is real because you go at it way harder than you you do in class. Because I mean, if you if you just went balls out like in the middle of class, people would hate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, so so you're not used to putting like that kind of exertion like all at once at least i wasn't and i i hadn't practiced in over a week so you know when i when they told me to go i was like literally like oh my god what the (laughs) hell do i do (laughs) but you you know in preparation she had a shit week beforehand we all had a shit week we lost way too many people in our lives and and the whole situation at pulse and everything just really brought the whole mood down yeah nicole was in vegas for the whole week she didn't get any chance to prepare at all i think that all, all things told, she did a fantastic job. I really do. And it's not just saying that because, you know, uh, I'm Lou. But it, it really, <laughs> I think she did a fantastic job. I think she went in there. She held her own for a little while. She defended very well. She got caught in submissions, but that's what you do. Yeah. You get caught in submissions, you know. And for your first tournament, you're not going to go in there and kick everybody's ass. This first tournament was to get to dip your feet in the water and to understand what it feels like to have someone else go 100% at you while you try to go 100% at them. Map and some of the spectator sport onto your body. That that too, you know. Yeah. And and to- and Miles was also like a nerves thing. Although the week prior was so weird. Um, that like this probably wasn't a good gauge of how well my nerves would hang hold up in the future. Um, you know, I had I had already like been I had already come off like a raging panic attack that I had like on the airplane two days before, and was it's good practice. Yeah, like you, so I barely had enough energy to like really worry about it. I like I was just focused on the fact that like okay I signed up for this thing I'm gonna do this. Like, we're not getting out of it. Like, just <laughs> suck it up and go. And I, I didn't feel a lot of nerves at all. Like, right up and, you know, a, until, like, the last, like, oh, shoot, I actually do have to go and do this in, like, three seconds go. 
<laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it was an interesting experience. And from, from my perspective, you know, I was just there to provide support, do whatever I can to make sure that things were moving forward. You know, um, well, obviously you, you were talking about because originally, you know, because I had I had my coach from the gym. Lou, Lou was just going to take video and then Lou started having to pull his killer instinct out and he had to put the camera down so that he could be yelling cross face, cross face. <laughs> well, you know, it's weird because <laughs> that, that same killer instinct applies to when you're screaming at them as well. You know, sure. <laughs> so Jim was there and, and, and I, I love Jim because he dealt with me as well. You know, I, I am that asshole who thinks he knows what he's talking about all the time. So, yeah. you know, and I try to be very humble about it because I'm not trying to be arrogant. You know, <laughs> I just I just scream shit out because I think I know what I'm th looking at. But and, and he's you want to help. Yeah. And, and he's a very good sport. And uh, and he knows that he can just tell me to shut the fuck up. And I will. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's just it is what it is. So um, but from that, you know, from my perspective, it was. A, you know, I, I wanted her to hear my voice at the same time so that in case Jim's wasn't pro during these yeah. intense moments, like you said, during the adrenaline pumping and all that stuff, yeah. does it, do you really hear it? I thought maybe if I was just kind of repeating what Jim was saying, it would <laughs> have a double chance of sinking in. Megaphoning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I did find it very strange that, so there was a moment where Jim may not have been there. It was where we thought that he wasn't going to be there in time. Oh. So I would have been the only one trying to scream at Nicole to tell her to do stuff, uh -oh. which I was very ready to be that fool. You know, <laughs> I was very prepared to be like, all right, I'm going to look like a fool here, but I'm, this is what we have to do, you know? <laughs> so, um, so, so what, what I was out, I was I, on my knees, the side of the mat, and there was a point where Nicole was exhausted and she was in guard and she, she cross faces when you know you, you basically put your forearm across their neck or their face and you just rest all your weight on them and it gets them to move it gets them to do something to let go because that shit sucks and you know i felt really weird i was just like <laughs> i was telling nicole to hurt someone else and it's and like just her boyfriend or her coach or whoever it was. I don't want to say boyfriend because he, he looked like a man and she was 14. So sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it was her coach was standing right next to us, like about six feet away, you know, screaming similar things to hurt my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was this weird. I, I felt the we I felt the competition, like the competitiveness. I did. Like I, yeah. I actually got a little bit of a high from it. And it was kind of one of those. I had to acknowledge it consciously in my head so that I can. Uh, move forward and use it. You know, it was interesting. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I mean, it is it is interesting because I mean, Nicole, the the closest you could get with this with this particular activity is practice. So you haven't you have a substantially more amped up version of the thing you already do against an opponent you haven't been against. Lou, what you were doing is something you totally get to do all the time. That's right. It just never has true impact. That's right. Yeah. This yeah. is the right. first time it actually matters. That's right. And, and you know, to be honest with you, I, I would love continuing to learn it from that. Let me rephrase that. I would love to continue to learn jujitsu from that perspective as well. It, it's like I, I've always liked the analytical aspect of it. Not not just trying to be the Joe Rogan wannabe commentating while UFC is on. Yeah, we all do that if we're you know MMA nerds. But yeah. you know, from a from an actual coaching perspective or strategy perspective, you know, I, I would say that I'm like kindergarten. But at least I'm in this. You know, I'm, you're in school. I'm I'm in school. You know, <laughs> and I, I I do take I have that 
that ability. I'm a sponge. I soak knowledge up and I can regurgitate it ad nauseum. So <laughs> I, I tend to understand a lot of how these positions work. I, I tend to understand how what goes where first and in what order, because I'm very logical that way. So I can help Nicole remember those steps. In order to do this arm bar, you have to do these three or four things to get yourself to the end point. And um, so He's I- He's always I, yelling at me to tighten my knees up. Yeah, you got it, man. <laughs> so, you know, there's certain things like that, you know, and there are certain times like I, I'll do that in class by accident because I, I just need to stop myself. And yeah, he, also, <laughs> he does it in class. Like when he's sitting out, he'll yell at me in class. Yeah. I'm like, well, watch the, the arm. Yelling at you is no big deal. I it's know. just like, you know, other people, I, I, I really try not to step on the instructor's <laughs> toes. Yeah. All right, so- Adam Waite UFC registration. When's that open? There is there is no Adam Waite in the UFC yet. Aww. Yeah, I I still have I I've, I've got to get my fundamentals down a little bit Jiu-Jitsu better. Jiu-Jitsu is not UFC. And it was but tomato not tomato. <laughs> so I feel like if I could get down to to a one hundred five weight, I'd have a definite physical advantage over any of my opponents. Yeah, and, Conor McGregor in it. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, I'd be like the Conor McGregor of of Adam Waits and just like a long reach, so I could just you know dig my my pointy knuckles into people's faces. But you know, I I started a little late in the game. I don't know if that's that's my future there. Yeah, um, you said a few it's, years it's, to build up bone density in your legs for yeah, kicks. It's, it's fun. It's fun to think about, but you know, I don't know. Um, you know, I'll probably do another one of these jujitsu competitions. Again, I mean, it sounds like you had fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like like it's I said, I, I would, I would love to to feel the joy of winning just as much as <laughs> anyone else would. Um, and I just know that with my history, I'm either gonna have to work really, really hard at that, or like I said, just deal with the small victory in that I can just make someone's life as miserable as possible if they're not gonna beat me. Absolutely. And isn't that what life's all about? I guess it is. Yeah. I mean, what, like I said, what other arena do you do you really have that option? <laughs> <laughs> no, Jiu-Jitsu is a beautiful sport in that regard. I mean, it's it's dangerous, but it's beautiful in that regard. <laughs> it's beautiful because you doesn't have to be dangerous. That's the thing. In well, competition, you're going all out. But you know, in 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 the gym, you can really just let loose and have fun with your partners and and try stuff. You know, I'm not saying I, I'm at a level I can do that. I'm not because I don't know what that many moves yeah. physically, you know, but it, it is fun trying stuff. It is fun trying to do what you see on TV sometimes, you know. It's, it is very cool that jujitsu in particular compared to most other martial arts, it's it's one of the only ones where you do basically only get hurt on accident. Mm-hmm. Whereas in almost all the sparring sports, you're getting punched yeah. and kicked. Well, that, yes. that's the whole thing with, they, they say, what's the first rule of jujitsu is you tap. So basically, I mean, as long as you're not spazzing and being an idiot, like, you know, just just close your ego down and tap when you get caught. That's and right. if you tap when you get caught, you will most likely not get hurt. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the closest I've gotten to getting hurt is I twisted my knee the wrong way a couple times. But it was because I was using really crappy technique that I should not have been doing. <laughs> and once I realized that, you know, like I shouldn't be twisting this particular way when I'm in this particular position, I stopped twisting my knee all funny. And that's pretty much been the only, like, you know, injury scares I've had. I also, um, and this is really common, I guess, for 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 people starting out in these combat sports, um, 
People like to be like, oh, I have my one-month trial. I'm going to do all the stuff and just go crazy. Those people usually get through their month trial and you never see them again because they hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I only go two to three times a week. I don't go if I feel like I'm, you know, not in a good physical state to go because I'm not here to injure myself, despite <laughs> what the activity looks like. Um, you know, I'm not going to get a whole lot out of it if I just, you know, bust my knees up. And and I think if you're going to do like a real physical activity like this, I mean, you just really have to be s- smart about it. Like you don't have to kill yourself doing it. You, you, you know, do it, do it, do it a little less and just anticipate that you'll be doing it a longer time. Well, it's it's the, the number one mistake every new person makes. I made the mistake, too, where, you know, first day you go and you go all out. You don't know any yeah. better. And you just go all out. And so you, you got to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, you end up puking in 30 minutes because you <laughs> didn't realize you've exerted that much fucking effort to, you know, just try to hold someone. Yeah. And, you know, but after a while you start learning, okay, well, I can just let this shit go and try to go for something else. You know, <laughs> you don't have to hold on to them in that weird way or whatever. So, yeah, it's it's a learned process. But, you know, it's it's very fun. I don't know what else there is to say. It, it's fun on top of, like, you get to horse around. It's really what it is. You're like being a kid and it's horseplay. It's, it's roughhousing each other. It's grappling each other. It's this weird kind of camaraderie. And and it's it's an opportunity for you to be one hundred percent objective in a weird social situation, like it's not you're not expected to like get along with that person on some weird per- personal level to have a conversation with them. Like you know, if you go to a party where you know nobody, and you know everyone knows each other, but and you're there trying to talk to that, this isn't like that. You don't you're not expected to like get along with these people necessarily, but you're expected to treat them with respect on the mat. You know, so yeah. you walk in and like, who cares who this guy is outside of this gym? We don't care about that. There's like, no one really talks about politics other than your, you know, fleeting comment or something weird. Like you just go in there and like grapple and it's, it's very weird and Zen like almost, I don't know how else to describe it. Highly recommended around this table. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, you know, cause like all. I don't know what's the Joe Rogan demographic, like all 24 to 38 year old men, you know, like I'm, I'm also very influenced by the Joe Rogan experience <laughs> podcast. Well, <laughs> aren't we all? I know. He's an influential one, man. Uh, the black hole of podcasting comedy. He probably did the, one of his best podcasts, not to change the subject too much, but just not yes, at all. Just yesterday. Um, Dude, Russell, yeah. Russell, Russell Brand now does jujitsu because of Joe Rogan yeah. podcasts. Uh-oh. Russell Brand goes to jujitsu once a week, kickboxing once a week, and all yoga, be- and yoga because now that's all because of uh, he's been listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. My stance on yoga, I still haven't. I I do like to stretch, and being flexible is an excellent asset if you're ever going to do uh, Brazilian jujitsu. But man, yoga is boring. Agreed. Yeah. I That's just, what Joe was saying today. It's boring. He's like, he hates it while he's doing it, but he loves the way it makes him feel after he's done. I feel like <laughs> taking a nap and I'm like, God, that just ruined my whole day if I go to yoga. Oh, in the middle of the day? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's, ter- it's a terrible middle That's of the day That's why you activity. and I usually do our 10, 20 minute yoga at night. Yeah. Because you just want to go to bed afterwards. <laughs> so yeah, jujitsu, better activity than yoga. You heard it here first. <laughs> Actually, you probably heard it here like 25th. 
<laughs> just, just do it. <laughs> yeah, just, just do it. Just do it. No one's going to say no. That much is clear. No one's going to tell you that it's not worth doing at this point. I yeah. think we can be fairly confident everyone just kind of agrees on that. Yeah. Yeah, well, jujitsu is the new karate. Put it that way. More so. I mean, I... Well, it works. That, I mean, <laughs> that certainly doesn't hurt. And I'm sure a lot of these people who, who may listen to this will say that I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I don't mean to insult your beloved no, uh, martial art. A lot of people still do. And don't get me wrong. If someone's a black belt in karate, then they probably can punch me before I can punch them or kick me before I can kick them. But they can still be wrong about this. And I can also still very clumsily tackle them. <laughs> 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 if I just like run up like a big bear and hug them, they they, they can't do anything. <laughs> I kid, I kid. <sighs> but it's quickly becoming that popular. Yeah, you know? no doubt. And this will probably not be the last time it even gets mentioned on here. So No, it's going to be a, a, a part of our modern vernacular for, for years to come now, just like karate was in the 80s, 90s and stuff. So, No question. Nicole, anything you want to get out? What have you been doing? Checking in? Well, um, Aside from my horrible week last week in my jujitsu competition, I have been so exhausted that I'm barely functional still on this fine Wednesday. I'm hoping I'm hoping this works itself out soon. Another 12, 14 hours of sleep, maybe. Got a brave <laughs> Missouri breaks later this week. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually getting excited to watch that. Oh, yeah. No, I've I... not. Like I said, I've only seen selected clips. I've seen some later Marlon Brando, and I do enjoy that character, so. Lou, anything on your side? Not really. Just been working. Yeah. So there's nothing exciting going on. You know, when Nicole leaves town, I'm doing double duty around the house. So there's not much uh, that doesn't make for much exciting stories. I sit around, I clean animal poop. Some people think that's fun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't mind. That's why I do it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's really not exciting for a podcast. Now, is it? Yeah, well. Well, and you just got back from five days in Chicago. I did. And I thought about podcasting about that, but I also then decided against podcasting about that. Sweet. Um, <laughs> for reasons that I will never make clear. Um, but enough. enough about that. Nicole Lou, thanks for being part of the Machination Log. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everybody.